energy in this shifting time. It's it's really, really wonderful that you're doing this. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And, um, you know, I do believe that uh, we are on the cusp of change and uh, uh, without a lot of role models and um, guideposts along the way, uh, sometimes this shift, this change can be scary. So people sort of just hunker down and uh, grab on to what's familiar, you know, even if it's maybe not the thing that serves them best. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, you know, I, I think it's really important we chat about things and open people's minds to ideas that uh, they might not have thought about. I mean, it doesn't mean that they have to buy into it, but um, at mm-hmm. least think about it so you can, you know, make yeah. an intelligent decision and, uh, you know, know that maybe there are options. Uh, because I, I tell you, I know the guests on my show over the years have certainly you know, opened my mind to things I probably would never have encountered on my own, you know, without the interview. Mm-hmm. So thank mm-hmm. you uh, for your work in the world. And I felt like when I was reading the intro, um, I kept saying erotic di- divine feminine, erotic divine feminine. I feel like it's going to become a buzz phrase. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so tell us, you know, what um, what is, the erotic divine feminine is there more to it than just the obvious well um it's really an energy it's like an archetype you know there's um there's there's many archetypes in us uh mother priestess healer warrior and the erotic divine feminine is another one of those archetypes um a, a woman who is connected to her erotic divine feminine is really full and confident in her sexuality. She understands sexuality as a source of power and energy. And um, that pleasure can o- open a portal to the divine. And one thing I want to say is that the uh, the feminine energy isn't necessarily... Uh, related to physical gender, uh, there, you know, there's such a range of sexual expression with people. It's not necessary that each woman have a really feminine expression of her sexuality, um, and it's also possible for men to be really um, developed in their feminine energy. So. I don't mean to um, um, stereotype the physical role. It's really more of an energetic expression than it is physicality. So it so it really transcends gender. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I mean, I know we've talked about on the show, um, I don't know, in countless uh, uh, interviews in one way or another, you know, I hope the message has broken through that, um, you know, when women embrace the divine feminine, when they know there was a feminine face of God, and maybe they explore that, and it becomes a part of their their own personal narrative, you know, their own consciousness, um, it makes a difference in uh, who they are, who they become. I think they value themselves more. They have a higher self-esteem. Maybe they're less um, 
willing or less susceptible, should we say, to maybe people abusing them, exploiting them, because they have more of a mm-hmm. sense of self and their agency. Um, mm-hmm. It is, um, or the advantages of having a well-developed erotic divine feminine similar to yes. what I just described? Yes, definitely. That's, uh, you know, sexuality is such a core part of who we are. And uh, we've had so much programming in this sex-negative culture to um, that it's a source of shame uh, and to be hidden and... Um, repressed and and you know um wh- when we do that we we it's because it's such a central part of who we are we're being ashamed of ourselves and uh, if you can free yourself up and embrace your sexual energy as a beautiful holy thing then it it changes your whole identity because you, you, it's such a basic part of your identity to to be able to embrace it and stand proudly in your sexual energy uh in celebrating it um is a radical shift in in um consciousness for for many people most people on this planet i would say but but let's distinguish though, or I mean I think we need to distinguish. You tell me, because um, I'm making an assumption here, and you know what they say about making an assumption. Um, this <laughs> yeah. is this is different, right? Than say women who allow themselves to be sexualized or like sex kittens and things like that, who oh, yeah. just kind oh, yeah. of market their market their sexuality out there. Um, can, mm-hmm. can you maybe speak to that a little bit so there's no confusion? Yeah, uh, that's that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Sometimes I'm so in it that I forget about, you know, those alternative points of view. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, the, we have a cycle um, that I call the repression obsession cycle. Um, sexuality is repressed so much that we have this obsession with it. And that obsession is what leads to that, what you're using sexuality to sell stuff or to um, get something. Um, if, If we didn't have the repression, then we wouldn't have the obsession. And if we didn't have the obsession we wouldn't have that sexualized um, commodity, sex being a commodity. So um, somebody who is doing that is still stuck in in that cycle of um, repression, obsession. Um, And uh, that's not at all what I'm talking about when I'm talking about somebody standing in their sexual energy. I'm talking about you know, I get the image of like a woman standing on a hilltop with um, her hair blowing in the wind and her feet planted bare feet firmly on the ground and rooted into the earth and um, strong and, you know, like um, not caring what people think about her because that's 
that's a big part of the healing that happens that's necessary where we are at this stage in our growth and evolution about sexuality is to not care what other people think. One of my great teachers used to say, what you think of me is none of my business. <laughs> and it's true. What you think of me is none of my business. Well, that's hard, though, um, right? We, we're <laughs> oh, yeah. Not to, not to worry about what people think. Yeah, it is hard. It helps if you can surround yourself with people who are also um, not caring about what people think. And it really helps to have support people around you, either in a group or working with an individual person or, or having a set of friends or finding finding people who are also doing the same thing really, really helps a lot with that because we have this desire to belong as well as um, the desire to be free. We have to balance those. Well, and, you know, you're making, when you when you describe the woman, you know, standing there in the breeze, not letting anyone, uh, you know, not worrying about what anyone thinks, my mind went back to ancient Crete uh, because we see so many of those images of women bare-breasted. And, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I doubt that they were bare-breasted because they were uh, prostitutes or sex kittens or, um, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, being sexualized. Um, I, right. you know, I would, I would imagine they are more what you're talking about. Yes, yes, that's a, that's a, um, a good image. There's also um, the temples in India, um, in um, the tantric temples in Kajaraho. They have uh, erotic carvings all over the um, outsides of the temples of um, figures of men and women uh, in sexual union and all these very wild, exotic positions standing on their heads and, you know, things that you look at now. Where, what, how is that? How do you do that again? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, and that was that was the temple, that was the holy place, you know. So it's not always been this way, um, the way it is now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm by no means a history PhD, right? But having just mm-hmm. having uh, delved pretty deep in the sacred feminine, that took me into history and, you know, the life of women and all of this sort of stuff. And um, I, I mean, I know that in paganism, you know, in ancient times, I mean, a husband and wife would literally go have intercourse on the you know the land that they own mm-hmm. with um with on you know with people looking watching and it wasn't like they mm-hmm. were voyeurs watching a sex act this was a this was a a sacred ritual to mm-hmm. ensure the fertility of the land the fertility of their livestock which you know uh, mm-hmm. you know played into whether they were you know, prosperous and had abundance in the coming year. I mean, we've just really sort of gone astray when it comes mm-hmm. to how we see sex. And 
um, I lay it at the feet of religion. But am I wrong? I mean, um, did religious did religion ruin us uh, from having a healthy sex life, or have you researched other, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, other sources that have ruined our, they have made our unhealthy attitudes and shame about sex? Well, you know, I read a really interesting book years ago. Uh, It was called When God Was a Woman. And um, uh, the person who gave it to me, dedicated it, wrote it on the the first page. Isn't she still? (laughs) But... but, um, Anyway, it it has a really persuasive uh, point that it was uh, it was economically it was economics and religion. Um, it was the economics were happen. It was a shift to the patrilineal um, inheritance of land um, going through the male line instead of the female line, and they were. Um, they were afraid it, there was no guarantee that um, the son the only way the only way that they they could guarantee that the son was the son of the father was to impose monogamy and restrictions upon the woman and and they did that through religion so um, okay. um that's that's my that resonates with me. I don't know for sure what happened because I wasn't there. Well, maybe I was, but I don't remember it. If I was, <laughs> it's likely I was. Um, but um, anyway, it's it, it makes sense to me. It really, it, it it makes it makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and, yeah. Religion well, is a tool. And, and, yeah, well, in you know, when you, if you read Chris Hedges, who is a great writer today, I mean, he goes back and explains that capitalism and the church are still intertwined. I mean, no sooner had FDR, uh, you know, passed Social Security and a social safety net than, you know, corporations were starting to work with the churches to uh, try to chip away at it and undo it. So, um, yeah, so economics Mm -hmm. and religion, you know, work in hand in hand. And, you know, it's probably not a bad point to say that matrilineal or uh, matriarchal lines weren't like that. Stuff passed from, um, you know, it wasn't the father line. It was through the mother line that assets were passed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, you know, parentage, you know, uh, who was the father of the child really didn't matter. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, obviously, you know, we've sort of, you know, uh, touched on it a little bit, but are there other reasons maybe why someone might not have a well-developed erotic divine feminine, and um, and what can they do about it? Well, um, you know, what we've been talking about so far is kind of cultural, um, the, the uh kind of atmosphere that everyone is immersed in. But then there's also personal issues. Um, there's um, um, people might have had trauma or abuse as a child. They um, And it, 
in that case, there's a lot of wounding that is actually held in the body, and um, it can it can resurface um, when you're touched. So it, um, I've I've worked with a lot of people who are sexual abuse survivors, and um, it's um, it's it's held you know the trauma gets stored in the body and uh it's a very deep kind of wounding and it leads it can lead to uh feeling very shut down um sexually and under that shutdown is a lot of fear or terror even and um it it takes it can take some a lot of uh, self-examination and healing to um, to bring that to consciousness and release it. Um, and uh, energetic practices can be very helpful for that. I do a lot of work with breath um, because breath work um, activates the energy and gets it moving through the body. And um, the... Um, the energy has a healing quality to it. So um, often there's this process where um, um, what comes up is, first of all, the, uh, it, there may be a layer of numbness, and then, then that numbness gets removed, and then there's, uh, the next layer may be rage or it may be terror. And... Um, Staying with that and expressing that can be very helpful. And then under all that, you can get down to this kind of innocence and joy and um, yeah, an awakening of pleasure. And um, one of, another thing that's really important with that is working with uh, learning how to have your own boundaries. So that um, learning how to know what your boundary is by how your body feels, learning how to express your boundaries and stand up for them, and and, and eventually learning how to do it in a um, graceful kind of way. Usually when people first start expressing boundaries, it comes out a little harsh sometimes because it's so new and the pendulum is swung to the other side. I know I did that when I was learning about boundaries. I was like, blah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but then the pendulum settles back down to the middle, and um, um, you can you can learn gracefully how to um, how to express a boundary. But but having the a, per, a strong set of personal boundaries so that you know you're safe. Uh, and the the abuse that has happened in the past um, isn't happening now, and you're not going to let it happen again. That's a very right. really big piece. So now, yeah. can the erotic divine feminine encompass, say, everything from, I don't know, sensual touching to non you know, non-penetration. I mean, we're, I, I don't mm-hmm. think we're probably just talking non-penetration, uh, talking penetration type sex. Oh, we're yeah. probably talking about a lot of other things too. 
Oh, a lot of other things. Eating a square of dark chocolate and feeling it with your whole body is erotic. You know, um, um, walking with your feet on the earth is erotic. Walking down the street with the, your skirt um, blowing in the breeze. You know, sensuality in all its forms is, is erotic. Um, it's, it's definitely not, uh, it doesn't even need to be um, genital touching or, or, or penetration or any of that. It's, it, uh, it's um, the, the earth is erotic. You know, the, we we live in we live in a on a feminine planet, and we are connected in that. Um, you know, the the earth, the woman, and sexuality are all connected with each other, and um, we all got all all of that got kind of flushed all at the same time. One of my teachers has said that if we could heal sexual shame on this planet, everything else would fall into place. It's mm. that that rooted, um, you know, all the ecological problems and disrespect of the earth. It's all rooted in that sexual shame. Well, and and you know, and I want I've wondered uh, if uh, oftentimes the hate that's everywhere and the cruelty that's everywhere you know if if there were a way to look into the people that are perpetrating that um, I, I don't know I would put money on the fact that they are people who have not felt loved um, yeah. you know uh, don't know how to express love you know it's the absence mm-hmm. of love I think um, that makes them you know, cruel or hateful or, uh, you know, just do the horrible things that humans, you know, do to uh, do to one another. Yeah. Yeah. But Satya, let me ask you, you know, I mean, look, I'm in my 60s. Lots of my friends are uh, in their 60s or older. Uh, you know, they've gone through uh, menopause. Maybe they've had hysterectomies. Maybe they're not, you know, they don't have husbands anymore or lovers. And they, they're just they're kind of done with it, you know? It just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like uh, they're interested anymore. Uh, maybe it's hormonal. Uh, maybe it's they're busy, you know? Maybe it was never good enough to, um, you know, pursue, or you know, or they feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, is for, for, for people who kind of fall into that category, how can they maybe awaken to this and, you know, give the, their life uh, a bit more quality? Oh, that's a beautiful question. And uh, I'll just say I'm 69 years old, so, um, and, and I, I went through a phase where I was, I was celibate for three years, and I didn't think I was ever going to have sex again. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a rebalancing uh, for me. It was, it was right, right around the time I went through menopause, and, and um, my hormones got really low. And, and I actually um, thought I was just done with it. And um, what happened with me is that 
um, I I really got I was really getting into astrology. I was just studying it a lot, and uh, I was coming up with this um, uh, astrology transit that was on my birthday, and it was like this big deal thing. And I thought, this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna ascend. I'm gonna this is this is this is it. My spiritual path is happening, and la da da da, you know, and. Um, I I went up, I have a little temple upstairs in my house, and I went up into my temple for that day, and I sat there and waited for something to happen, and I waited and waited and waited some more and waited some more, and finally nothing happened. And, and then I heard the voice of one of my teachers, uh, a memory of him saying, the crown only opens as much as the root is open, and uh, what what he means is the um, the sexual energy is stored in the root chakra, the energy center that's at the pelvis, uh, at the perineum, and the crown is the place where we um, connect with source energy or God or spirit or goddess or what you want whatever you want to call that energy. And there's an energetic connection between the top of the head and the perineum. And um, I had shut the the bottom part down. I was all in the top of my head. So I had to, um, I made a decision right then that I was going to reclaim my sexual energy. And I did. And I, I, um, dedicated myself to it and uh it came back i i i basically practiced the things that i have been teaching for so many years but i wasn't interested in doing them anymore (laughs) and i started doing them again breath work and movement and dance and pleasuring myself and cultivating myself as a lover my own lover and um, I, I reawakened my sexual energy, and I actually ended up um, getting into relationship again. And I'm with a wonderful man now who we met when we were, the year we were turning 60, we were both 60, and now we're both 69. And we've got this incredibly wonderful, juicy, yummy sexual relationship that is different than when I was younger, but it's it's still incredibly satisfying because it's it's about um, being in the moment and connecting without an agenda and connecting as a devotion and um, just using the pleasure as I. Uh, activator of divine energy. Pleasure is a portal of, of to the divine, and um, there's there's some teachings about that. Um, did well, you and I want to go there. To I, I, well, yeah. yeah, I want to go there a little bit. It's funny that you went there because I was going to go there after commercial, but I'm going to delay commercial because you opened that door, and. Um, I, I want to ask 
for people out there who've heard uh, you know, this idea that sexual union can bring a connection to the divine. And, you know, maybe they've had intercourse or they've had sex, you know, maybe all their life, maybe a lot, maybe not a lot, but it never, ever got to the point where they thought they were touching God. You know, what's the difference? What, you know, uh, what have they been missing? What have they been not doing that um, mm-hmm. takes it to that next level? That's a great question. Um, you, a lot of it is in your attitude. Like um, when my partner and I connect with each other, we do it in ceremony. We um, we we say our intentions. We offer up prayers. We, um, our intention might be something like, I want to express my love with you and let our sexual energy lead us into the light. That, that's, a, that's a pretty, pretty common one for us. But it could, be, it could be something different, like I just want to be silly and have fun and play. I want to, be, I want to laugh a lot. Or it could be I... I want to energize myself so that I have strength and power to do this project that I really want to put a lot of energy into. Or it could be, I just want to love you and with all my heart. And, you know, so it, it varies um, depending on what the circumstance is. But setting, uh, setting a container, like a, a ceremonial container, and um, having the the sure knowledge that you are in a divine act when you are in your sexual union, that it is a holy act. And um, um, darn, I had another thing I was going to say and it flitted away. I'm going to have to ask for it to show up again. Um, I hate that. <laughs> that's okay it'll um, probably come back I know, so it's, a, sure it's it a lot it's a lot about the mindset i mean well what, what i'm yes. thinking of as you're telling me that is you know i've spoken to people um on the show a lot about another um tool for us to evolve as humans and maybe heal the heal our soul wounds and heal the negativity and the hatred out there is sacred hallucinogens and they always talk mm-hmm. about you know you have to sort of set the stage before you um, engage with the the sacred medicine yes. uh, because all of that all of that matters you know it you know you're not going to just mm-hmm. um, you know you know it's not just a wham bam thank you ma'am and you're going to see God mm-hmm. you know it there's right. it's got to it's got to be um, it's got to be something much more like you're describing. You have to set the stage, mm-hmm. almost like, you know, I think about if you've ever thrown a party at your house, 
you know, and you had to make the grocery list for all the food you were going to serve. You had to clean the house. You had to invite the people. Uh, maybe when they get there, uh, you know, you uh, put on the music to set the, set the mood. Maybe that's the most important one, set the mood. Um, so all of that is in the lead up to having yeah. a successful gathering at your house. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I'm kind of feeling like, that's what you're saying as well. Yes, exactly. Yes. And I actually have written a little uh, PDF file uh, that is about how to do a connection ceremony. People can get it on my website. Um, and I, I'm, I think that website is in, in the write-up about this uh, podcast. But it it tells you step by step, do this, do this, do this, do this, uh, to to create what I call a connection ceremony. And um, okay, so All right. that's just as a gift. Uh, people can can go to my website to get something like that. And and it Thank comes you. from my own personal experience of I've time tested this. <laughs> I've done it many 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 times. Okay. And I'm happy to say I remembered what I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> and that is that another really key ingredient in this connection ceremony is to uh, not have an agenda about what it looks like. You know, like not ha- not have a goal of, First we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. It's going to lead to orgasm, and then we're done. But to to be fluid with staying in the moment and letting the energy rise and fall, and um, sometimes it'll be really high and sometimes it'll be really quiet, and just allowing that process to unfold so that you are part of the magic because when you try to direct it you close down the possibilities of accidental magic and accidental magic is actually where the deepest um, connection with the divine happens it's it's, uh, we can make ourselves more accident prone by doing all these things, but it's really a beautiful accident when we it's grace when we get when we get graced by a glimpse of the divine. you know you can't make that happen, and the, the more surrendered you are to the moment, the more ac- the more the grace is allowed to come in. Well, and and I I don't know, I just feel like I hear women screaming on the other side, you know, listening to to this, uh, screaming into their telephones or however they're listening to the show, their laptops, their earbuds, whatever, saying, yeah, uh, let me find a lover who's that uh, evolved and that patient that, uh, you know, that that, uh, we're going to be able to do that. And uh, uh, do you find that in your practice? I mean, I, I hate to just lay this at the foot of men, but I think women could probably do this so much more easier. And again, maybe that's a, an, a, an assumption. Um, but uh, I guess maybe this is something men have to be taught. 
Yeah, men men generally, you know, we're talking generalizations here, but uh, generally men have to be taught. I've worked a lot with couples. I've worked a lot with couples in groups and both private, privately and in groups. And it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of energy than the male sexual energy, which is very uh, focused. And, you know, male sexual energy is propulsive, you know. It's like the ejaculation. It's a forward-moving, linear kind of thing. And um, one of the things that um, men who are learning about sacred sexuality need to do, to do is to learn how much more they can receive if they just let go and approach in this more non-directed, non-goal-oriented way. And once they do that, they're blown away. Because really what happens is women have this huge capacity for pleasure that often gets neglected by that linear approach. Uh, I'll call it male with quotes around it because women can certainly be that way too. And um, so I'm not trying to stereotype men and women here, but but that, that more linear approach um doesn't allow for that unfolding and um the the model in love making with sacred sexuality is that it's focused on the woman it's focused on her pleasure because the woman has a greater capacity for pleasure and when she opens the portal, she can take him through into that greater level of pleasure. So he, he, um, what he gets back, if he um, focuses on her and allows, allows it to unfold in its, in its slow timing, um, he, he, what he will receive is so much more than he could even imagine. And, um, but, but it's a different, it's a different approach and, um, it's, it's foreign to many men and, um, the, the most effective approach that I have found to, um, motivating a man to want to do that is to let him know how much he can receive if he does try it. How, you know, if he, how much more he will receive, right? Because the energy that comes back is is amazing. Okay, all right. Well, I have to take a break now, um, and uh, but we're okay. going to come back because I I want to talk just a little bit more about that, and then then I want to find out if maybe you can give us any examples of people whose lives were changed once they okay. engaged in this. Uh, but okay. first, um, 
uh, I actually have a word for listeners from the folks at the Sacred Feminine Circle.com. That's Sacred Feminine Circle.com. Uh, they are happy to announce there's going to be a Sacred Feminine Women's Gathering in Magical San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. Uh, that's going to happen November 6th through 8th. And um, it that is a beautiful small city in Mexico, voted Travel and Leisure's most enchanting destination in Mexico in 2023. Uh, Calling the Circle will have ceremony with native facilitators, speakers who will share goddess wisdom, smaller sister discussion groups, journaling, sound healing, and collaborative creative experiences. Uh, their intention is to connect, inspire, empower, and celebrate the divine feminine in us all. They say, uh, join us as we connect with the essence of goddess wisdom, learn from women considered inspirational leaders in their fields, and explore topics that include sacred feminine spirituality, ancient matriarchal cultures, ritual, creativity, and the visionary path into this new time. This will be a time to nourish and transform ourselves and our world at this time of deep awakening. And you can go to the website to learn uh, more about it, you know, get the prices, get the itinerary, find out more specifics, and also, if that looks like something for you, uh, you register there. Uh, so the, the place to go is Sacred feminincircle.com sacredfemininecircle.com uh, and if you're wondering uh, you can uh, run your own commercial here they're very affordable uh, they are as low as $10 a show so if you have an event a book or whatever it is uh, you want to tell the world about and you think the people who have been listening to my show for the last decade may be your tribe you'll want to reach out to me and um, you know we can chat about the options and uh, before we get back to Satya Leela, uh, we got a word here from uh, Joe Carson. Hello. Let me say a few things about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia, an exploration of Earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. Here is Drusilla Pettibone on Dearmist.com. I was truly touched and even awed by the film. I really appreciate that there is so much substantive information to digest. For example, the info about hinges and tracing the horizon line is all new to me and totally fascinating. The film was very beautiful, and I was amazed how it was able to capture so many of the descriptions visually and seamlessly connect vintage footage with modern. I especially loved when images were dynamically superimposed on each other, like the lace with the water and the dancing in the flowering meadow. A visual feast, and with so many layers. I am also pleased to have been introduced to Monica Shu and her work, it's so important for pagans to become aware of our heritage. It seems easily lost among so many new books, and the film really brought me home in a new way. Dancing with Gaia is available at dancingwithgaia.com. Mm-hmm. 
and um, we are talking today with Satya Leela. She is back with me, and uh, we previously had a conversation uh, on June 28th discussing the energetics of love play, and she's back today, and we're talking about the erotic divine feminine. Uh, you can find that previous interview on my website, karentate.net, or you can go to my site at Voices of the Sacred on Blog Talk, uh, Voices of the Sacred Feminine, and you can scroll down or scroll back, I guess you'd say, uh, to June 28th, and you can find the show there as well. And um, Satya, I want to ask you, as you were describing, um, you know, uh, the you know the difference with um, this sort of process as opposed to maybe with the average person does because they haven't learned to do the sort of things that uh, you you teach um, you know I hate to I hate to phrase it like this because you know I don't want it to sound like I'm you know looking for you know for something salacious but are there videos for people to watch that uh, that might give them a sense of how this looks different from your average um, you know coming together and uh, you know, and, and love making, you know, with people who aren't employing these practices? Um, there is a video. There's a video that I'm actually in. Uh, it was it was filmed a long time ago. Uh, I'm 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 assuming it's still being distributed. I I really don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'll put it out there. Um, it's called Ancient Secrets of Sexual Ecstasy. Okay. And um, um, there was a website, I think it's probably still available, uh, tantra.com. And, and the, the people that did that website uh, were friends of mine, and uh, they're the ones that did the video as well. So um, I haven't looked for it in many years so I can't guarantee it's still available I mean it was so old it was on VHS instead of DVD <laughs> but um, um, that, yeah, that would so be people should just it look was for a that. Really, really well done it was a really well done video and what, so, what was um, the title again? Ancient Secrets of Sexual Ecstasy Okay. And um, so are there any, um, I don't know, I guess you'd say success stories? Um, that's probably not the right phrase for what we're talking about. But, um, you know, maybe any of your clients who's, um, you know, this maybe profoundly changed their lives in, in any way? Yeah, there's so many. I, I, I really can't even count how many people have told me that. But one person in particular um, comes to mind. And um, she was, um, I, I, when she first came to me, she was very, uh, very challenged, very shut down energetically, physically as well. She had chronic fatigue syndrome, and um, she she was not only um, you know, physically challenged, but she was very kind of shy, uh, not very um, 
outgoing. Uh, it was almost like she was shuttered, um, you know, like shutters on a window. Um, and um, um, she dressed really um, in very plain clothing, and she, her posture was kind of shrunken in. Her shoulders were rounded, and her, her chest was kind of caved in. And um, she um, she just acted like she was afraid to be seen. And um, as we worked together, uh, it, I, we found that that was really true, that she was afraid to be seen. She had had a, a family with uh, some abusive brothers, and um, she was... Um, she was she was just scared. She, she was she was very she she didn't she didn't want to be noticed. And um, we we worked together for quite some time, um, both privately and in groups. And she started experimenting with being more visible and she, um, she she started dressing differently she started putting a flower behind her ear she started wearing bright colorful flowy clothing um, she 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 just she she had a smile on her face she she had this uh, aura of calm peaceful serene um Glowing feminine energy. She was she was she was like um, a Hawaiian goddess. A lot of the time, she was beautiful, and um, and I then I lost touch with her and uh, didn't see her for about probably ten years maybe, and I ran into her again, and she 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 actually said, "You changed my life." And I was like, really? I did? Oh, cool. Good. I'm glad. How so? She had met a man and gotten married to him. And she was, um, she said, without the work that we did, I would never have been able to meet him. I would never have been able to um, meet him energetically. I, would, I wouldn't have been in a place where I could connect with him like I did. And I see her every once in a while now, and um, they're t- they've been together for 20 years now, and it's uh, they're still loving each other and happy. And every time I see her, she thanks me for changing her life. She wow. for 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 being um, you know for enabling her to be able to have have this life where, where she's so different. It's it, and it's just so fun to watch people transform like that. It's one of the yeah. one of the motivating factors for doing this work. So, um, if someone goes to your website um, or uh, you know Facebook page or whatever it is, and I'm going to ask you to share that in a minute, um, mm-hmm. it, will they get a sense of what it's like uh, maybe to work with you? Uh huh. Um, yeah, my website would be a good place to do that. 
um, and, and I'll, I'll, should I say the name now? Sure, yeah, go right ahead. Okay. It's, uh, I'll have to spell it. <laughs> I took this Sanskrit name years ago think, and not realizing I would have to spell it every single time. <laughs> so I can't hear you. It's Satya, S as in Sam, A-T-Y-A, Leela, L-I-L-A, dot info. That's Satya Leela, dot info. And okay. you'll find on there, um, there's a lot of free stuff there. There's the, the connection ceremony guide that I spoke about earlier. Um, there's also some um, guided audio meditations, some for couples and one for women by themselves. Um, and there's also um, a link to a really good next step if you're interested in working with me or finding out about what working with me is like. And that is the sexual communion gateway session that I offer for free. And that session is uh, anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes. It's a phone session. And uh, in that, uh, I will help you get clear about what your particular personal challenges are in embracing your erotic divine feminine or your sexual relationship or whatever it is that your your issues are. And we'll, I'll help you come to a vision of what it is you'd like instead. And uh, then I'll give you some recommendations for how to get started. And those recommendations might include doing further work with me if I feel like I can be helpful. But I don't always recommend that if I don't feel like it's a good match. So it's not it's not a hard sell. It's it's just a um, desire to be in service. So um, if okay. you would like something like that, go to my website and you'll see a button for um, sexual communion gateway session. Okay. And for listeners, if you didn't have pencil and paper, uh, you're probably already connected to me in some sense uh, at KarenTate.net. You can just go to the podcast button and find the description of today's show, and you will also find Satya Leela's website there as well. So uh, that's another option for you. Well, uh, Satya, I want to thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Um, I, I oh, love today's pleasure. topic, and uh, yeah, I, I think too. you're 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 providing an important service, you know, because I think when people go through their lives uh, without this aspect uh, of of their humanness, um, then I don't know. It feels like they're they're not in wholeness, you know. Uh, they're not mm-hmm. maybe having the best quality of life that that might be possible, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, it's up to us to make our lives better, you know, and, and, and search out things to improve our quality of life and uh, challenge ourselves a little bit, you know. And uh, yeah. um, I, don't, I, I don't know, I found that whenever I've challenged myself, I usually was, was glad I did because there was uh, something good on the other side, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. 
Well, thank you again, and um, let's stay in touch, and uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Okay, thank you for having this beautiful show, and thanks for having me. All right, bye-bye then. All right, uh, folks, well, that about does it uh, for me for today. Uh, That takes us to the end of the show. Uh, Please do tell your friends uh, about uh, Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Uh, Please do share the links. And uh, if you have any ideas uh, for guests, uh, please do let me know. Uh, I am booked up through the end of the year now, uh, so any new guests uh, would probably uh, end up on the 2024 calendar. Uh, But that doesn't mean uh, don't reach out and tell me about them because sometimes it takes a little while to get things set up. And also, as I said earlier, uh, if you're interested in having uh, your own commercial run here with an audience that uh, is your tribe, you know, an audience that's been building, uh, you know, for a decade here, uh, you'll be reaching a lot of like-minded people at a very affordable price. Uh, Just reach out to me and we can talk about how easy it would be uh, to run a commercial for you. All right. Well, um, as I always do, I'm going to close the show with an homage to Sekhmet, the lion-headed Egyptian goddess uh, who uh, teaches women to be tenacious, uh, courageous, and strong, and to set healthy boundaries, and to say no without guilt. Hail Sekhmet. Bye for now.